This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. If you're tracking with me, these things that I read, marriage, right? Your, your parents getting a divorce if you're a teenager over here and you're struggling with your parents getting a divorce, your job, your finances, your health, your, the policies, the president, the politics in the world. These things where for a believer it brings joy to know that God is still in control. It can also become the obstacles in us trusting God. The very fact that evil goes unpunished by God can be an obstacle in us being able to trust God because there are times in my life when for three weeks, four weeks, two months, like this, this quarantine time, maybe for the first couple of weeks you were trusting God very hard and then you felt like, you know what, I just got to figure it out my way. I need to stop trusting God, I got to figure things out my way and you begin to work in your flesh. Verse 2, it says, in the sa- it's the same for all since the same event happens to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and the evil, the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. Don't forget, Solomon is writing this. He's an Israelite, and he's writing to the people of Israel. And he says, the righteous, the wicked, the good, the evil, the clean, the unclean, the one who sacrifices, the one who doesn't sacrifice, it doesn't really matter. The same event happens. And verse 3 says, the event is death. It's crazy. We, we talk about how, you know, it's a blast to live this life when you're living in the hands of God. He says it doesn't matter for those who claim to be in the hands of God or those who don't because the same event happens. All of them will die. And maybe you're sitting over here or you're sitting at home and you're getting a little impatient. You're like, God, I've tried really hard to, to trust you. I've tried really hard to, to walk in the ways that you want to walk. And it's getting a little tiresome now, Lord, because I don't see your hand really coming in fast and moving in power. You ever felt that way? For some of you, it's been not just two months, it's been 15 years. And you're the God. I don't see breakthrough. What's happening? Um, don't forget, in chapter 8, we saw this, verse 12. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will not be well with those uh, it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before Him. It will not be well with the wicked, neither will He prolong His days like a shadow. Why? Because He does not fear before God. In other words, Solomon's reminding us in chapter 8 that while you're living your life in God's hands, it can seem like there are times when you feel extremely impatient. God, you're not coming through, God. I've been praying. I've been praying for healing, God. I've been praying for a job. I've been praying for finances. I've been praying for a spouse. I've been praying for a breakthrough in my marriage. been praying for a, a breakthrough in my child. Nothing. 15 years, 20 years, nothing is happening. And, and, and looks like the evil people, those who don't worship God, those who aren't Christians, actually seem to have it together. I've asked this question many times. How many times you look at uh, people who don't walk with God and you almost are envy- envious of them? Their family looks well put together. The cars always look like it never breaks down. And you wonder, like, man, what's going on? And the Bible reminds us, hey, listen, there's a day of judgment coming. There's a day of judgment coming. In the meantime, if you feel impatient, you're not alone. In fact, this impatience is shown even in heaven. If you guys were there, when we went through the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 6, and it says, And the Lamb opened the fifth seal, and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God. So these are martyrs, and for the testimony that they held up. And they cried out with a loud voice, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge those who live on the earth and avenge our blood? How long, O Lord, how long? 
great joy. You're saying, have a blast while it lasts. Nothing is out of the hands of God. I'm living in the hands of God. Great. We have protection. We have love. We have, you know, God's comfort. We have the promise that, that nothing can snatch us out of His hand. But I don't say breakthrough in my life. Man, what in the world, what in the world is happening? And God says, hey, listen, don't run away. Don't reject the truth that you're living in God's hands and start living like the ungodly person because judgment is coming. And Peter puts this really well. He says in first, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise. Isn't that great? Listen to me, please. God is not being slow about His promise. I say it again. God is not being slow about His promise. What He promised, He will keep. God is not a liar. That He should lie to you. If God made a promise, He's going to keep it. Some of you guys, you're doubting the promises of God just because it's been two months. Come on, man. And you expect to live 80 years, two months, and you begin to doubt the promises of God. You'd rather believe some guy that's making a video online that you've never met, but you wouldn't trust your personal Savior who died for you? <laughs> God is not slow in keeping His promises. you got to punch the person next to you and say, He's not slow. He's going to come through. He's not slow in keeping His promises as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. Because you know what? I've said this. Blessing without character is a curse, and God does not want to curse you. He loves you. He doesn't want to give you the job that you really are praying for because He's shaping character in you. He's shaping patience in you. Don't run away from His hand. Don't reject His hand. Don't flip Him off when He's holding you. Don't be like the wicked. Joel, don't be like the wicked. When things don't go the way you think it should go. My children do this often. I tell them something, they wait. They wait. They wait. And then they go do it. Like, why did you do it? Well, you said that we were going to do it. I said we were going to do it. Not you go do it. You ruined it. How many times we do that? God's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Now, maybe you are a believer sitting over here and you say, hey, man, I am living my life in the hands of God, but maybe you need to repent from taking what God promised and you trying to make it work your way. I put it into the nail-pierced hands of Yeshua. He cares for you. He will take care of you. He will bring things to fruition when it's its right time. On this earth, don't let wickedness take away your joy. Have a blast. Because nothing is out of his hands. Have I beat that point enough? Have you gotten it? When you go back home, or maybe even this morning before you leave, you need to jot down the things that you are taking into your own hands. And things that you need to put it back into the hands of God. And I believe that you will start to see a breakthrough when you begin to do that. And the breakthrough might not come in how the situation changes. The breakthrough will come in the peace that passes all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen? The second thing that Solomon's going to say. He says, have a blast while it lasts. Because you're not dead. <laughs> you're not dead. Now, I don't know if this is appropriate for us to do with a few people in the room. Like, you know, but can we breathe in? And breathe out. And we spread the virus around. Okay. <laughs> now, this clip is going to go viral. 
idiot pastors making people breathe in and breathe out, and the whole church is going to die now because of COVID-19. Well, you can take a, you know what, where. My God is large and in charge. And sometimes, and I'm not doing spiritual yoga when I tell you to breathe in and breathe out. But man, many times, you fail to realize that you're still alive. I'm still alive. And uh, this is, is, is very, very, very important. You see, death comes to everyone, good or bad. But if you're living, that's hope. You could have died in a motorcycle wreck. You, know, you could have died when you were you know, suicidal as a teenager. You could have died in the hospital bed. You could have died multiple times when the ambulance had to be called. You could have died when that idiot driver swerved without seeing and could have run you off the road. But you're still alive. And, and the Bible tells us that while you're still alive, there's still hope. And once again, I'm not trying to spiritualize this. This is very practical, okay? This is not like, oh, there's still hope and living hope in Jesus Christ, which is true, amen. But this is very, very, very practical. And I'm very excited to unpack this for you. Um, Solomon's going to tell us that, listen, judgment is coming like we saw for the wicked. But before the judgment comes, there first needs to be a death. And before the death comes, there has to be what? Life. Thank you. One person's paying attention. Okay? <laughs> judgment is coming. Absolutely, it's coming. Praise God for that. But before judgment comes, there's going to be a death. And before death comes knocking on your door, there has to be life. Only a living person can actually die. And again, I'm speaking in a very physical sense over here. And Solomon's going to tell us that what we're participating in right now is that life. Death has not come knocking yet. And while you're still alive, there's hope for you. So have a blast while it lasts. Because one day you're not going to breathe. Thank you, Lord. One day I will, and I'll be gone to be absent the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But in the meantime, have a blast while it lasts. Verse 3, there's an evil in all that's done under the sun. The same event happens to all. And this event, he's going to say, is death. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. That's so crazy. When he says that, <laughs> can you picture that? The hearts of the children of man are full of evil and madness in their hearts. I don't know whose face you're picturing when I read that. Let me read it again. Okay? The children of man are full of evil and madness in their hearts. Hopefully you're picturing your own face. Oops, ouch, that hurt, right? Yeah, while they live, and after that, they go to the dead. What Solomon's going to do is he's first going to get you to embrace the reality of death so that you can actually find the hope that comes in life. Uh, he's not alone when he says that the heart of children are fully mad. In fact, that what that means, full of evil and madness, quite literally means a moral existence that is without thought or care and absolutely irrational. Don't you see that in the world around? A moral existence that's without thought or care and absolutely irrational. That's so crazy. Full of evil and madness is in their hearts. He's not alone when he says this because Paul writes in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what happens when mankind lives this way in the sin and wickedness? What's the wages of it? It's death. And death comes knocking, verse 4, But he who is joined with the living has hope. But he who is joined with the living has hope. So he says that people are going to live in sin and then they're going to die. The, the good people, the bad people, the ones that's trying to do good, the one that's just living in wickedness, all of them are going to die. But he says in verse 4, 
but he was joined with the living as hope. And a lot of commentators over-spiritualize this, and it's not meant to be over-spiritualized. It's speaking in a very physical sense, and I'll tell you why. He's saying that hope starts with you recognizing, like we did just a few minutes ago, recognizing that you're not dead yet, and you're still alive. Look at the, look at the second part of this verse. It says, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. How profound is that? <laughs> a living dog is better than a dead lion. You know, you take a stick and you poke a dead lion, it's not going to go roar and kill you, right? You do that to a dog that's angry, go to India, those stray dogs, they kill you, man. They're crazy. And what he's saying is, yeah, sure, the lion was all royal. In fact, the lion is the royal insignia of, of, of David, and Jesus says he's a lion from the tribe of Judah. But a dead lion? It's dead. A dog, it's still alive. It can go woof, woof like that. It can still bite you, protect your house. And when he says dog, he's not talking about like our, our dogs. You know, we, most of us have pets. He's not talking about a dog that's a part of your family. At this context, when he's writing dog, dogs were a, a pest. They were scavengers. When, um, do you remember when David goes to Goliath? Goliath says, am I a dog that you would come to me with sticks and stones? Am I a dog? But let's follow through with that, okay? I was driving away, I was thinking, how beautiful is this? What happens? David, he takes a sling, swings it, rock hits the forehead, giant comes falling down. What does David do? He takes Goliath's own sword and chops his head off. Goliath was standing over there for days on end, threatening the people of God. And it says, whenever Goliath got up to speak, and he challenged them, the soldiers, soldiers, man, Armor, swords, everything, trained for battle, ran and hid. David comes, kills a giant, chops his head off with his own sword. A dead giant is no more threat. And the people, it says the people of Israel, chased the Philistines and chased them all the way out and killed a bunch of them. A dead giant is no threat. A shepherd with a sling was more alive than a big giant with his mighty roar. Sure, the giant was like, hey, am I a dog? Like, why are you sending a little boy to me? This guy came with no armor on, no Saul's sword on. He just came with a sling. And I'm telling you, we as believers, not to over-spiritualize this, we got to realize that we're alive. And while you're alive, you can have a blast while you last because it's his breath in our lungs. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address.